You know, we're in very unfamiliar times. Uh, everything seems a little bit strange and the world has become a little bizarre to us as we go to the store and have to wear a mask. And I, my guess is that for many of you, maybe all of us really, we're getting a little weary of this. It is tiresome to have to live in a world that is still unfamiliar and we're just longing for things to get back to normal. Well, the problem is we don't know exactly when that will be. We don't know when we're going to be able to gather as we normally would in our worship center and have worship together. I can't tell you a date for any of that. And none of us are medical experts. We don't know how some of this goes. Probably some people think the rules and regulations are a little too strict. Maybe others think they're not quite strict enough. But, but what I do know is that we want to be careful and we want to protect those who are the weakest among us. And, and hopefully... Sooner rather than later, we'll have the opportunity to gather for worship again in our worship center. But, but you know, as I think about that, I know that the medical community is busy on at least two things, and there's probably more that I don't know about, but, but one of those is, is they're pursuing a vaccine as quickly as possible, right? I mean, that would help us all. We wouldn't have to worry about getting this virus if we could get a vaccination. And maybe some others are working on treatments. We've heard a few treatments already, some more effective than others, but, but treatments nonetheless. But here's another thing I know. When that day comes that a vaccine, an effective real vaccine that would keep us from getting this virus is actually developed, or when they find a treatment that is very effective in treating the virus, that is going to be news. It's gonna give us some hope that we can return to normal, that we could go to a basketball game, a football game, a baseball game, go to a program in our child's school, go to church. We would be excited about that and they would wanna share that with us. And it's because there's a simple truth involved. Hope is meant to be shared. You know, we have a real desire to, to have some hope right now. We are looking for hope. And, and I think this goes back a long way in human history that, that we have this sense that when something great happens, when we have this, this sense that something good is on its way, we want to share that with the people around us and we want to hear that from the people who found out. For instance, maybe you've been to the doctor and you received a, a diagnosis of cancer and then you find out that there's a treatment that could make you well, that could put that cancer in remission or eliminate it completely. What would you want to do? You'd want to call your best friends, your family, because hope is meant to be shared. Or maybe, I don't know, it could be that your son or daughter lost a job and they find out that there's a job that might be available, that they think they're qualified for, they would love to have. They want to call you and let you know, and you want to let your friends that maybe you've asked to pray about that. You want to let them know because hope is meant to be shared. I want us to think about that truth today. As we think about our faith and think about getting through this time, this global pandemic, I want us to think about the need for hope and how we share that hope with the people around us. Now, certainly this need for hope is nothing new. It's something that is old as people having mouths and ears. We didn't come up with this. We've been studying 1 Peter in this series of lessons, and as we've done that, we've talked about the message of hope, and we want to specifically talk about that today. Today we're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and Peter is dealing with this issue that he deals with all the way through this letter, which is persecution. 
these early Christians were facing persecution. Their, their jobs were being eliminated because they were Christians. We don't want you to work here. We don't want to buy your goods. We don't want to have anything to do with you. We want to, in fact, arrest you, haul you off to jail, maybe kill you and your family because you've chosen to follow Jesus. Well, these are a people whose hope was threatened. How can they have hope when they're losing everything that is important to them because they've decided to be Christians? Peter deals with that in chapter 3 and what their response to all that should be. He begins with sort of the sense that they should have respect for one another, but he moves on from that and makes a turn that my guess was really difficult for them to hear because he begins to talk about how they should treat people outside their community of faith, outside the church. In other words, non-Christians. And this is what he says, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Now hear what he says. These people who are shunning you, these people who will no longer do business with you, these people that, that want to arrest you and, and have you killed, what I want you to do is not to repay evil with evil, but on the contrary, repay it with blessing. Now, I imagine they weren't too excited about doing that, and yet Peter says this is exactly what they should do. And he goes on to talk about in the next few verses the response to that and how they should expect that, you know what, if you treat people with kindness, a lot of times kindness will be returned. But what happens when it's not? What does the result look like? He backs up a little bit in verse 13 and says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? In other words, if you treat people with kindness, they'll probably respond with kindness. But then verse 14, what if they don't? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. So it just might be that even though you show kindness, they don't show kindness. And you might suffer from that, but there's still a blessing. You see, there's a blessing in showing the kindness. There's a blessing not only to the person who receives that kindness, but the person who shows that kindness. Showing kindness transforms us and makes us more like the one who is our Savior. And so we're better off, even when other people are showing us evil, to return that evil with kindness because of what it does in our hearts and in our minds. And then we get down to verse 15. 15 and 16 is where I want us to park for just a few minutes. Peter says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Okay, so, so he begins this with, what's your relationship with Jesus? Remember, Jesus is God's son. Remember, Jesus is the king. He is God himself. And so he deserves our worship. So revere Christ as Lord. But then this. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now, think about that. Again, he's talking about people who may or may not be the ones who are doing the persecuting. But he says, when people question why you are a people of hope, they shouldn't be a people of hope, right? Everything's being taken from them. 
But if they can maintain their understanding of who Jesus is, they can still be a people filled with hope. And others would notice that. Think about that. Because it might be that these people would look on these Christians, a, a religious sect that they don't fully understand and that they're persecuting. And then these Christians respond with kindness. And it's, it's evident that there are people of hope. They might inquire about that. And Peter says, be prepared to give the reason for that hope. Be prepared to talk about it. Be prepared to talk about how Jesus has changed you. And he says to do it with gentleness and respect. You know, it's easy to develop a little bit of sort of insider focus. We've got it all together and everybody out there doesn't understand what's going on. But Peter says, if you, if you want to convince people of the hope you have, you do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, verse 16, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander, so that they'll recognize, you know, this is not the way that we should respond. It's easy for Christians to condemn others. It's happened all through the centuries. We can look back on church history and see that over and over again. Some of us could probably look in our own hearts, our own past, the words that we've spoken and say, I've done that. Peter says, no. Peter says, we're ready to share our hope because even in the midst of struggle and stress, hope is meant to be shared. We come back to that truth that we talked about at the beginning. That's what Peter's telling us here. Hope is meant to be shared. And the hope that we have in Jesus Christ is the most important hope that we have. That's what matters most to us. That's what's transformed us. That's what gets us through difficult times. For these early Christians, it was persecution. For us, maybe it's this time. I mean, people around us are struggling to find hope right now. Maybe it's because they have someone who is sick. Maybe it's because they've had a loss. Maybe it's because they're worried their job is going to be eliminated. Their business has been closed for six weeks or two months or however long it's been. This is the time when people are looking for hope. And if we are a people of hope, if we show that hope, they may turn to us. So what are some practical things that we can do to, to share our hope? Well, I want to give three things and it'll be quickly. First, live in hope. We're called to live in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And if we don't live in hope, then nobody's going to see our hope. You know, if we look around the world and say, man, things are just awful and it's not going to get better and just how bad the world is, there's no hope to share. So we've got to be a people who focus, as Peter said, revere Christ as Lord. If Jesus is Lord and he's in charge, then our hope is in him and we can trust him even in the midst of really difficult times, whether in the first century it's persecution, in the 21st century it's a global pandemic. If we're a people of hope, that will be noticed. Second, we want to share your hope, right? Share what you know with the people around you. Now, it doesn't mean you just got to bring this up in every conversation, but when people say, how are you getting through this? You may be able to say, well, I'm depending on the strength that God has given me, and I'm looking for what God is doing in this. And God really has carried me through this and gotten me over some sadness or some loneliness or whatever it is you may be experiencing. Whatever that is, God is at work, and we need to be ready to share that with the people around us. And finally, 
be gracious in hope. The third one, be gracious. He talks about gentleness and respect, and that's what I mean. You know, we do have this great blessing of hope that comes from our faith in Jesus Christ. But the moment we get conceited, the moment we get arrogant about the hope that we have, and we're just so sure of how we're right, and people ought to get it that we're right, then we lose our opportunity to share that hope. And so we've got to do it in a kind way. You know, hope is meant to be shared. And if we do it in a way that is generous and kind, people will listen. Think about it this way. You know, if you were on a sinking ship and like everybody's scrambling to find the lifeboats, maybe they're inflatables and nobody can see where they are. And you're the person who finds the lifeboat. And if you're expecting accolades in that moment, if you're expecting someone to give you a medal before you you share your knowledge with the people around you, you're just a jerk, right? But if you're just ready to make sure everybody knows, then you get the truth that we're talking about today. And it would be so evident in that moment, wouldn't it? Hope is meant to be shared. And here we are as followers of Jesus in the midst of a, global pandemic where a lot of people are hurting for various reasons. Maybe it's just because since we've been isolated, we want to be with family and we do experience loneliness or any of the other reasons we've talked about today. And if if we're a people of hope, we have the opportunity to transform our families and our work relationships and our community. If we're ready to share that hope, and to do it with grace and gentleness and respect and kindness and compassion. What a great opportunity for us to share our faith. Hope is meant to be shared. Let's pray together. God, we are, we are so thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, hope that we don't deserve, hope that we could never earn, but that you have given us as a gift. And so God, we pray that you'll use us as a conduit to to share that hope you've given to us with the people around us who need it, especially at this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.